everyone. Well, that was hard to stop because it's so good. Hello. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so into that. Just, I know. I was like, when do I stop this? Could I just play it entirely? I could listen to the whole thing on my own. Welcome to episode six. Welcome to episode six, everyone. Welcome to Lunch into Brooklyn. I'm Elle. I'm Elo, and we're in November. We are. Um, I don't know if you know this, uh, but there's an election going on right now. We're on day three. We're day three. Um, yes, day three. We've been paying very close attention. Yes. Very stressed. Um, so we took a bit of time before recording this because our headspace was just all, all over the place. Yeah, we're recording this on Thursday, November fifth. Um. Right now, they're still counting in states like Pennsylvania and Georgia, Nevada, and they're still waiting to call for Arizona. So, things are on a razor's edge right now. Like, we're all just kind of constantly refreshing refreshing news pages, uh, checking our phones, and waiting to see what happens. Yeah, it's all very close, especially Georgia. Georgia's extremely close. Last time we checked, it's about 7 p.m. right now, and they were, it's about a 4,000 to 5,000 vote difference, which is insane. It's insane. And then Pennsylvania is constantly shortening the gap between the two. Nevada's looking a little sketchy right now. Nevada's doing its own thing right now. They're so slow. They're so slow. Nevada, I don't know if they went too hard the night before, if they're, you know, still doing their gambling right now, but time be taken. Like, let's go. We got things to do. We don't have all year. Yeah. Um... We both watched it on Tuesday night, election mm-hmm, night. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you feel on election night? I was I was kind of stressed. Yeah, we didn't know too much. No. It looked. I, I mean, everyone felt hopeful, so that yeah. was like okay. Mm-hmm. There's hope, but then I went to sleep and then I woke up and like there was. Um, I think I woke up and Biden was at two thirty eight. Yeah, and then Trump was at like two thirteen, and then it just was like that whole day until they called Wisconsin. And mm-hmm. so when Wisconsin was called, and then Michigan, I felt much better. Yes, much much better. I think yes, I went into it very optimistic, mm-hmm. and what really drives me crazy is how I tried to prepare myself so much for what was going to happen. Like, I did the research, I watched videos, I listened to podcasts about how election night is not going to be what we expected Mm -hmm. and how there's going to be this red mirage of votes because in-person voting and absentee voting are such uh have such different outcomes and they knew it was going to be a slower release and we weren't going to get complete results but i still got really uh anxious Mm -hmm. throughout the night even though i knew this is what we expected but seeing states like florida and Texas and Ohio go to Trump by such huge margins was extremely disappointing. Yeah. And I, I went to bed saddened, but still hopeful. And then as the days have gone on, I've still been extremely optimistic. And I, if it's not obvious, I'm a Biden supporter. Duh. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> um, and I just, I think it's going to be in our favor. I think the biggest thing for me was I was really expecting an outpour of support for Biden. I know. To basically disprove Mm -hmm. trump Mm -hmm. and it's just like he's still getting so many votes he's getting so much support and that's just very disgusting it hurts because we all wanted van jones put it really well we expected a huge rebuke against Mm -hmm. the president and that's not what we got yeah it's still very it's too close it's It's too close it's too close to feel comfortable and yeah about how this country is and how it's going it's just very frustrating i mean the good news is that biden has 
accumulated more presidential mm-hmm. or more votes than any other presidential candidate in the history. I could, yeah. 72 million to. right now. He had to. Yeah. It's incredible. It's an incredible feat in itself, and especially coming out during a pandemic mm-hmm. election. I'm very proud of the work people did. For sure. Like, it's very impressive. Impressive. And thank, like, thank you to everyone who put hard work yes, into this. Thank you to everyone who voted, did texting, calling, read up on what was going on, encouraged your friends. And even if you donated, like, it's all incredible stuff. And we realize how far we have come, mm-hmm. but still how far we have to go. Yeah. So, yay. Hopefully, Biden wins this all. Keep yes. um, keep refreshing those pages. I will be Hopefully, checking. we know more when you listen to this podcast. I'm hopefully, hopefully, because this is going to come out Friday. Yeah, 6 a.m. So, we might not know about Nevada still. We might not know about Nevada. I'm really hoping we're going to get Georgia and Pennsylvania tonight. So we're going to find out. I will be checking my phone <laughs> during this podcast. Yeah, so we'll give you live we'll updates. We'll give you, it won't be live for you, but for me and Alona, it's going to be very So you get in to the see moment. our, like, full-on reactions. Yeah. Um. So besides the election, another amazing thing happened. Mandalorian Season 2 started! Woo! And we're back! Um. This is the way. This is the- I have spoken. Baby Yoda's back! Baby Yoda is back. Mandalorian, you could not have come at a better time. Ugh, bless. I I love this show. Me too. I love it's this so show. good. So we rewatched all of season one last week. Last wow, that week feels we, like forever ago. I know. We did it in like three days. We were going to do it one episode a night almost, but we ended up enjoying it so much, so we just kind of kept going. We were like, let's keep going. These are, and they're short episodes. They're, they're like really 30 short. 30 to the 40 longest minutes. one was like 40 like 40 minutes yeah. or so so which i like because then it doesn't feel like there's a lot of filler in it necessarily yeah. Yeah. i really i forgot how much i enjoyed season one because i watched it when it was coming out week mm-hmm. by week so watching it all together in one run i i really fell it flowed more in love with so it. well yeah. it was so good yeah i just really enjoyed it and you get to see like the characters again so you're ready for season mm-hmm. two and i just and it's it. such a great comeback for Star Wars because Rise of Skywalker was a little heartbreaking for me mm-hmm. and I know for many fans, but The Mandalorian is so fresh to mm-hmm. me and so exciting and engaging that I'm I'm back on the Star Wars track. I've yeah. never left, yeah. but like my fan girlness has risen. We get more Star Wars world, which yeah. I love. We're not just stuck on that like same kind of storyline. Yeah, and I also recommend um, the gal- the Star, uh, Star Wars Gallery, The Mandalorian, mm-hmm. on Disney+. Plus. It's the behind-the-scenes feature. It was fascinating. Like, I thought it was going to be kind of boring, but n- everything they go into is truly interesting. I need to watch it. It, it looks really good. There's a whole, ep- there, a whole episode about the music, a whole episode about the directors, Taiki Waititi's in it. Amazing. Um, a whole episode about all the references to old Star Wars mm-hmm. movies, which I think is the really exciting part, all the Easter eggs. Fascinating stuff. We love it. We love I need, it. I need to watch it. What were your favorite episodes from season one? My so some of my favorite episodes. Um, I think my favorite is the prisoner. Same. Because Same. that is it's probably the most unique one, mm-hmm. besides Sanctuary maybe. But the prisoner where it's filmed almost like a horror movie at times. Yeah, it was the lighting and it's all red and the, the like kind of strobing. I mean, there's also an insane amount of cameos. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bill Burr yeah. is in it. Uh, Nymphadora Tonks, who's mm-hmm. the actress name, I can't remember. She's in it. Yeah. Um, Matt Lanter, who plays mm-hmm. Anakin Skywalker yes. in the Clone Wars, is in it. But that didn't distract me. Like, it truly just made me more excited. I 
that episode is so fascinating. It was really good. I like the way they set it up. I yeah, like, there's just a bunch of like surprises and twists in it as well. Twists, and I feel like yeah. we could see those characters again. I hope so. I mean, because they're not dead. They're not dead. They're still on that ship, yeah, wherever this is, it is. This is not going to be a spoiler-free talk, by the way. Uh, but you should have already seen it. You should have already so. seen it. This is just us recapping and getting excited yeah. all over again. Well, so you like The Prisoner? Any other episodes yes. you really enjoy? Yes. And then um, I love the last one as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Especially the, um, all the part was like... When we discover kind of who the, like, evil guy is. Oh, when Giancarlo Esposito walks on, he commands the room. Like, so much suave. He 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 plays such a great villain And then me. he has, like, the reveal of the black saber. Yes. I don't know. That kind of, like, sets the tone for kind of, like, what this whole story is going to bring to us. And what Me more too. we have to discover. The episode was directed by Taika Waititi. Duh. He killed it. <laughs> I mean, because his character, IG-11, had a, a great, great arc part, there. Yeah. I mean, I got really emotional with his, um, like, death. Yeah. You know? And I'm just, like, I really felt for a droid, which, I mean, besides BB-8 and R2, I never really connect with a mm-hmm, droid, mm-hmm. but IG-11 really moved me in those last couple episodes. Yeah, same. I, I loved that. <laughs> I mean, also, um, seeing Pedro Pascal's face. Oh, my God. Finally. Well, we already know what he looks like, but it was just interesting to see him. There, as, like, the Mandalorian. Like, not something we, like, I don't know. It's I know, so different. Did, like, it I was mean, expected, but yet unexpected. I mean, like, there were times where I was like, is this Open Martell? But. <laughs> <laughs> is this you after you got, you know, crushed? After your head crashed? Yeah. Um, I think Pedro Pascal does a great job because, I mean, what's so interesting is about the show is the main character, you see no facial features. Mm-hmm. He's a chrome dome. You get nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I've always felt really moved by this character, mm-hmm. and it's all done through the action and the voice, which I think is really, yeah. which shows just how creative and how smart the actor and the creative team are. Mm-hmm. I, and I love how attached he is to Baby Yoda and how much he cares. Baby Yoda! So cute. Baby Yoda is just, I'm sorry, the child. It's just <laughs> chilling in I these saw, episodes. I was on Shop Disney today, and oh, they yeah. have the cutest Baby Yoda t-shirt. I have to show you. I'm yeah, show so me. tempted to get it. I think it's really smart of them in the show to have Mandalorian, who has no facial yeah. uh, expression, is very serious, with the absolute most precious... Uh, yeah, inner, old. Yeah, old. <laughs> that's true. Old, but you just melt looking at his face. Those two as the main characters is impeccable. Ugh, and I can't wait to see more of his powers. Yeah. As he grows. He kind of flexed in that last episode yeah. with the fire. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, curious oh to my see what else, God. What, what else he can pull. I know. So pumped. Um, And then so we started episode two. Yes. Oh, sorry. Season two, episode season one. Season two, episode one. Um, Which we came back to tattooing. Woo! Again. Back to the beginning. Um, w- at the beginning of the episode, where he does a great fight sequence, mm-hmm. we love it, um, he interrogates that guy asking where another Mandalorian is, and he says there's one on Tatooine. Mm-hmm. Did you assume that he meant Boba? Because I did. Maybe. I was like, who, who could it be? Because as soon as he said there's a Mandalorian on Tatooine, yeah. I was like, Boba Fett. I was like, are they going to do it, him, or are they just going to do someone new? Yeah. Oh, what's gonna happen? And then it it was it, it was kind of Boba, but it, it wasn't was, Boba. Was, yeah, they kept hinting at clues, and we saw his suit. We saw his suit. Um, Timothy Oliphant is the guest star in this episode. He what? is the he is Cobb Vance, 
the Marshall. The Marshall. That's the name of the episode. The Marshall. So Mandalorian as a whole is a Western show. Mm -hmm. And this was, to me, besides maybe The Gunslinger, the most Western episode. Oh, for sure. For sure. Because he goes to a small town. And Mm -hmm. it's literally shot the same way. Oh, oh my God. It's shot like like Gunsmoke or Bonanza, you know? People just staring on the side of the door. He goes to a bar and runs into the Marshall. Like, duh. A saloon, dare I say. And... I thought Timothy Oliphant was a really interesting addition. Yeah, yeah. It was really fun. Because Timothy Oliphant, I know our fathers listened to this, so I'm going to just say he is a fine-looking gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> he is great stuff to look at. He's kind of like a young Brad Pitt. I think he might be older than Brad Pitt. Well, he looks like a young Brad Pitt. He does. I mean, he does a really interesting job of... Being this new Star Wars character, but also feels very familiar mm-hmm. in my regard. I mean, w- watching him come in with the Boba Fett armor, which has all the deterioration. Yeah. It has the dent on the forehead. Like I was like, mm, what you doing with this? Like, because he looks like he's wearing like a casual sweatshirt and then the Boba Fett armor. And I'm like, huh? who are you? Just random person just wearing <laughs> that armor? Like, is this okay? Where'd you get this? I mean, in the bandana. Let us not forget the <laughs> bandana around the like, neck. Who are you? And even like Mandel- the, um, Pedro Pascal was like, what the fuck? Who are you? Very confused. He was like, this is mine. I will be taking this armor. I hope that's not the last we see of him. Like, I, I would like so. him to come back. Hopefully. Um, but the main thing of this episode was this sand dragon. Crate dragon. Crate dragon. Yes. Which has been came up in Star Wars lore before. Yeah, and he looks like a shark. He looks like a shark. Um I'm about to show my real nerdiness here. Um, you know in A New Hope when um C three PO after he parts ways with R two D two and is walking mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm, sands of Tatooine, mm-hmm. there's that long skeleton. Mm-hmm. That's a crate dragon. Mm. So it's another callback to that. Fun. And also Sorry. Uh, the egg of the crate dragon that they Tuscan Raiders dig up at the end of the episode. Yes, that can be made into help create a lightsaber. Oh, cool! So it's another tie into it as well. Do you think it'll be used? I don't. So I also really liked the usage of the Tuscan Raiders. In yeah, this. yeah. Because they usually come off as annoying scavengers, yeah, raiders. Yeah. Um, but I. Sorry, I'm like going all over the place. But you know, in the Gunslinger episode where mm-hmm. he's with the. Um, new bounty hunter, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the bounty hunter looks down on the Tuscan Raiders and says, "Uh, oh, the locals hate the Tuscan Raiders. They say they ruin everything, something along those lines." And Mando goes, "Well, according to the Tuscan Raiders, they're the locals." And it's an interesting yeah. kind of moment where the Tuscan Raiders were always presented as like the sand people, the bad guys, but that's our home planet. Yeah. Like we're the invaders. So, I like that they had a very focal and interesting And they use sign language to, to communicate with Mando. So they do. I like that a lot. Where do you think Mando... How, how many languages do we think Mando knows? A lot. There's so much we still don't know about him. I know. I'm excited. I will say about this episode, Baby Yoda didn't do anything. Nope. He was just there for a good time. <laughs> there for a good time. So I was like, what's going on Not a long here? time. We came here to find another one of you. You no. didn't. Well, maybe... What are we doing? I think this yeah. creature is very big, too big for me. Can't He's help. Too big Sorry, for I'm a pass. Mouse. I'm a hard pass on this one. He's like, I already helped your ass twice, Mando. This, this one, is, this, this is, is all you. yours. And you got a buddy, so hopefully you, you can figure this one you out. You have Timothy Oliphant, who's yeah. gonna crush it no matter what. 
What do you think of the last little reveal at the end? It's interesting. Yeah, I was when they showed. It's Boba. It's Boba, or it can't be Django. It can't be Django. I don't think so. Because Django, yeah. Other people think it's Boba as well. It, on IMDb, it says Boba. Okay, so we. But so at the end of the episode, as Mando flies away after succeeding and getting the Mandalorian armor, it shows. Ooh, I forget that actor's name all of a sudden. Boba. Well, it shows the actor who played Jango Fett in the prequels. I'm gonna look and it Boba. Up. I'm gonna look it up. T- Timurin, T E M E U R A, I think is his name. Um, but it shows him kind of scavenged looking up over the like sea of Tatooine. And it's it's implying that Boba's been tracking the Mandalorian. At least that's what came off to me, and I think that's what a lot of people feel for consensus wise. Yeah? Let's just oh wait, I'm trying Tamura Morrison. Tamura Morrison, yeah. I think because he's billed on IMDb as Boba Fett for that episode, which is wild. So I think the sec I'm hoping the second episode we see him and we find out more, or you know they could go somewhere else. Yeah, and then just come back later to him. Um, do you remember the last episode on Tatooine Gunslinger? Um, after Ming Yao Wen dies, there's like that figure that comes and checks on her. I think it's him. I think it's Boba. I think it's him. So Boba's gonna definitely play a bigger part. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it makes sense. You can't have a Mandalorian show and not talk about Boba Fett. Yeah. I don't know. Do they do they know each other? I don't know. He definitely recognized the armor, so he knows of him. He knows of him. But like, but Boba because Boba was a bounty hunter. Yeah. And I don't know how long Din Djarin has been a bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. So they might their paths probably have crossed. I'm yeah. Assuming. We but just don't know how and like what turn. No. How it's gonna go. I'm, yeah. We have no clue what's going to happen next episode. No, because they're also pining for other Yodas. They're looking for Baby Yoda's family. Yeah. Which, that's going to be a turn I don't expect. So, I don't know where they're going to find yeah. those, but... I'm so curious to how they're going to tie the Mandalorian into the bigger, like, the movie universe. Yeah. Aren't we supposed to get Ahsoka, Ahsoka on this season? Ahsoka is going to be by Rosario Dawson, okay, but so we don't know, we don't know when. Yeah. And if it's going to... I mean, it was, like... Confirmed, you can't see, but I'm doing air quotes. Yeah. And then it was like unconfirmed. Oh, great. But she, yeah, like it feels right. Like mm-hmm. it feels like it's going to happen. Yeah. Which I love Ahsoka Tano. Me too. If you haven't seen The Clone Wars, you should get on that. Oh. I just started. How, how far are you in The Clone Wars? Episode 17. Nice. Of season one. Are you enjoying it so far? Yeah, I really like it. Yeah. And I'm excited to see the show grow as well. Me too. But it's fun to see like Anakin actually be, um, a master and just like be his own thing yeah. before he just like turned evil and just destroyed all these children and then I feel like Darth Vader. Clone Wars does a really good job of making Anakin seem more human. Yeah. Which I didn't get from the prequels. No, the prequels like we see him grow grow up but like super fast. Super fast and we see him in love and annoying. Yeah. Which is not my And favorite then he starts Vader. I like seeing him as a master. Like, Ahsoka, his relationship with Ahsoka is so interesting. Yeah, it's really fun. He's like, has humor. He's, he's funny. He's, he's fun. He makes he's oh, reckless. He hangs out with Obi-Wan. Yeah, it's it's just nice. It's, it's real good. Yeah. I just got to the part in Clone Wars, and this isn't a huge spoiler. I'm on, I just finished season four today. Uh, season four of the Clone Wars, and it involves Darth Maul. Oh. I'm so excited for that because I'm yeah. just dealing with. It's really good. Well, Season one is a lot of 
it's a lot of standalone, I feel like. Yeah. And it's, I'm forgetting his name, Gideon? Who? The... General Grievous? Grievous. Or Gideon. I don't know where, you, I, are you thinking of the main race between Gideon and Collins? Because <laughs> that's what I'm thinking about. Grievous. I'm so over Grievous. He, I hate to break to you, he doesn't go away. I'm so over this guy. He's going to be here for a while. I can't. It's okay. The show, the show gets better. The show gets a lot better. No, I know. I'm excited. I'm just like so over yeah. this Grievous. I know. So if you like The Mandalorian, you should watch Clone, Clone Wars. Wars. And then episode two comes out tomorrow, which will be today for you. That's so exciting. So I'm so pumped. I'm so excited we get to watch it after all this. Me too. <laughs> Yay. I'm really pumped. And then we'll talk about episode two next week yeah um please send us your thoughts send us your thoughts about the mandalorian yeah. we would love to hear um your favorite characters your favorite episodes yeah fun facts um anything if you don't like star wars which why um <laughs> but if you don't like star wars i also think the mandalorian is a really great introduction into mm-hmm. the world of star wars mm-hmm. yes they do a lot for fan service and there's a lot of callbacks but it's a really well done show on its own yeah if like you can watch it for the technical feats for the action for the drama, the mm-hmm. Western style, I think you're going to have a good time. Yes. All right. And we're back Welcome from our break. Back. So now we're going to talk about this movie that we watched this week, which is an old movie, but we just finally um, watched it. Yes. It's The Prestige. The Prestige. Something we promised episode one to watch. Yes. And we did. We, we did. did it. It's by Christopher Nolan. By Christopher Nolan. And by old... It's from 2006. Yeah, so old. It was uh, 14, 14 years, years ago. ago. Oh, my gosh. Time. Yeah. What is time? Um, the Prestige is about two magicians in the 1800s who have these dangerous rivalry going between them to see who could be the best, where they constantly sabotage one another and ultimately leads to many egregious sacrifices. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's one of those movies that the timeline jumps all over the place because it's a nolan film. could you believe it so time is his favorite thing to do movies about so yeah I, it's always a theme i was reading the trivia for this movie and um it time jumps about every minute in this movie oh my god i love it it makes sense in this movie it does and it works really well yeah um it has hugh jackman in it christian bell mm-hmm. scarlett joe um piper parabo michael, michael kane rebecca hall um uh Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman. David Bowie. I, we will get to David Bowie. Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis. A.K.A. Gollum. Gollum. It's a really studded cast. I mean, it's a Christopher Nolan movie. You have Batman, Wolverine, Black Widow, Bowie, and Gollum all in the cast. And Alfred. What a team. What a star-studded team. What a team. squad. And Piper Parabo from Cheaper Bites and Dozen. Yes. How, or Covert <laughs> Affairs as well. She was good. Um, overall thoughts on the movie? I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I... I like the plot. I wasn't expecting all these twists. It's a very twisty and turny movie. It kind of is a backwards murder mystery. Mm -hmm. Where at the beginning you see someone die and you kind of have to go through time to see exactly how it led to such Mm -hmm. a murder. Which I enjoy books like, or sorry, shit, movies like that. Yeah, yeah. And there's so many murders. There's a lot of death. There's a lot of destruction. Mm -hmm. Betrayal. These two men, Christian Bale uh, is Alfred Borden, Mm -hmm. and Hugh Jackman is 
Angier. Angier. The Great Danton Angier. Yeah. Which is, like, not a French name, but it's fine. <laughs> and they... <laughs> he's, he's also American in the I know. Film. Couldn't have... Christian Bale is aggressively British, which you did not recognize at nope. all. It literally takes place in London. I know. I, this why I was like, why are none of them speaking British accents? But I guess there were. For the viewers at home, it was insane British accents. <laughs> to me, it sounded normal. Even ScarJo was like... I didn't... Wow! Wow! Because I'm it's okay. To it. It, it, it's all good. But Hugh Jackman sounded weird to me. He was because he's an Australian. I know. American. I was like, "What are you? Who are you supposed to be? <laughs> Where is your home?" Uh, it's interesting watching a film that's basically Batman versus Wolverine. Wolverine yeah, and Batman takes it again. Batman. Yeah. Because Batman. There's a lot of interesting plot points throughout the film mm-hmm. that really just shows how insane these two men are insane but it's like hard to tell who's like really good and really evil like we all feel more for Borden mm-hmm. which is but, Christian Bale's character I mean he's not uh, like he's not an angel no he's he does a lot of terrible things yeah so it's like hard to like really feel like this is like good versus evil they're yeah. both like really messed up people but you, we just feel more for Borden yeah I guess I think in my they, they show a pretty I think they do a well job of showing both sides. Yeah. Because yeah. what sets off the rivalry is that Hugh Jackman on Jir, his wife is accidentally killed during a magic trip that the two of them are working, and he blames Borden. Well, I think Borden didn't change the knot. You think he changed the knot? I think so, because he winked at her. Like, they had an eye they contact. Had a like, like, she was saying, yeah, you can do the knot that you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Like, she trusts him, and then he's like, okay, and he changes the knot. And I think that's what killed her, because she couldn't get out of the nut. Sure. And I think it sets off in a chain of events that ultimately leads to self-destruction. Yeah. Like, these two men completely ruin themselves. They ruin their families. They ruin their livelihoods. Yeah. There's a lot of woman death. A lot of women death. Like, gruesome woman death. Like, drowning. Shocked. Hanging. And then Scarlett Joe just leaves. She just leaves. But she has an affair with several men on screen. Yeah. Again, Nolan, not great when it comes to female characters. You could try a little harder. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. You could try a little bit harder. Next also movie, hopefully. Not a single black person in the film. <laughs> not a single person of color. Yeah. Nothing. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, it is, I, like, I would probably gauge it around 1890s London, which was still diverse. Like, mm-hmm. this isn't an all-white London. Mm-mm. You could have maybe added some more diversity. Yeah, for you, sure. It would have been easy. But, it. I mean, I think even despite all that, I was really engrossed in this mm-hmm. film. And yes. it was a good film for us to watch to be distracted. Yes, it's very captivating. What did you think of David Bowie in this movie? Oh my god, so David Bowie plays Nikolai Tesla in, like, a small role. He's maybe in three scenes. If you don't know me personally, I have a great affinity for David Bowie. And seeing him on screen was, like, actual magic to Mm -hmm. me. He is so captivating. And even as Tesla, who's this very eccentric, crazy inventor, David Bowie could have said nothing and it would have sold it to me. Because what I know of David Bowie, it fits the idea of Tesla. Mm -hmm. And I think he did a really good job of playing someone very... Beyond his time, mm-hmm. which is David Bowie as well. Yeah. He was the futurist in a way. So I really every time he was on screen, I was excited. Yeah, I love his facial expression and just the way he carried himself mm-hmm. and the role as well. 
I just loved it. And him and Andy Circus, I don't know, it worked. It worked. I love that duo. They it was they really get chemistry. Funny. Andy Circus mm-hmm. is just a little, he's he's just hanging in there, you know? Yeah. I also really liked in the film they have like a subplot is the rivalry between Tesla and Thomas mm-hmm, Edison, mm-hmm. which parallels so beautifully with the rivalry between Borden and Angier. Yeah, it works. Yeah. What do you think of like the period piece as a whole? Like, did what, did you get wrapped up into the magic of the time, or were you just like? I was thinking the whole time, like, damn, I really don't want to have like I wouldn't have hated that time to live in. <laughs> <laughs> Like, no. <laughs> I thought they did a really good job of showing how all the magic tricks worked. Yeah, I think that's really good. It was yeah. just, like, thinking back, I was like, wow, that was a hard time to live in It was well. insane. Especially, like, as a magician. Like, as a performer. Wow, a performer. I was like, wow, this is an artiste's life. It was It was pretty, it, was, it got grody the at times. Yeah. I, but the tricks were really cool. I do wish we could have cool. seen more of them mm-hmm. and how they did them. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of that last, like, the trick? The trick. The, the so, multiplier trick, I'm going to call it. So the, so the plot of the film has both these men have these two insane tricks. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to discover how the other one figures it out. Basically involves being transported from one place to another. Um, and we don't get the reveal of how they do it until the very end. So, I, going into it, I knew Christian Bale's secret. Yeah, he has a twin brother. He's a twin brother. Fallon. Fallon, who follows you along the whole movie, mm-hmm. but you don't realize it. And so, I like that twist. The twist of Hugh Jackman having a machine built for him that multiplies his body was a little far-fetched to me. Yeah, and then he dies every night, I drowning. Liked, I liked that, actually. That was messed up. That I was, was like, so I remember looking at you be like, so does he die every time? So the thing with Hugh Jackman's trick is that he goes into the machine that basically multiplies his body, but he has to kill one of his bodies mm-hmm. every single mm-hmm. night, and he uses it by drowning. So the alive version, the one that stays alive, is the one that gets multiplied. Mm-hmm. So he never lives long enough to tell his next body or whatever that he's gonna that the drowning is really painful. Mm-hmm. And to me, maybe I'm reading too much into this, but it kind of felt like the way how a performer basically gives himself every single night into yeah. a, a role or a performance, how he's willing to die for the showmanship of it. He kills himself every mm-hmm. single night. Yeah. And pretty he, fucked up. But he doesn't have, he doesn't live in the same form long enough to tell him that he's drowning mm-hmm. and it's suffering. So you, you just know that every single night he dies a painful death. Yeah. Which I thought was so interesting. It was crazy. I didn't see that coming. I was like, oh lord. That's insane. Yeah. But also like, he did it over like, he did it this like a hundred times. A hundred performances, yes. I'm like, I, I would have I would have done once and be like, oh, okay, that was it. That was too much for me. But he needed to do it enough to get bored and interested. Yeah, he was uh, obsessed. It was an obsession. It, it. I think it also showed man's obsession with revenge. Mm-hmm. And it showed a performer's obsession with being the best. Yeah. And you see how far these two fall. Because Borden gets hung. He yeah. goes to jail for murder. Mm-hmm. That Angier staged. Yeah. So which is so me. Yeah, and then Andre's like, I'm gonna take your daughter and raise her. Mm-hmm. And then Borden's like, wait, I have one more trick up my sleeve. Here's my twin brother. Yeah. Who's, maybe that's his actual daughter. 
That's true. Because there's like since there's two brothers, one actually loved Borden's wife, Sarah, yeah. And then the other one loved Scarlett Joe. Yeah, Olivia. But then there was like twisting and we kind of never knew who was who. No, I thought that was an interesting how I thought maybe it'd be like one twin was the magician and mm-hmm. the other twin was like the sidekick. No, they made it clear that they switch it on and yeah. off all the time. Mm-hmm. So you never really know who is who. Yeah. Which is I that's a that to me feels like a Nolan device. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah. It'd be interesting to like watch it again knowing all of that. Like mm-hmm. Because yeah. they make a lot of little comments. Yeah, so now we would like, we would watch more carefully and be like, oh, this is this guy. Yeah. And that's this guy. Well, I mean, the bird thing I thought was so interesting mm-hmm. in the beginning. Like, uh, in one of the acts, they have to, they make a bird disappear mm-hmm. and a little kid freaks out. And they're like, no, the bird's fine. And they pull out the bird. He's like, look, he's safe. And the little kid's like, but what about his brother? The kid was able to see that the there was two identical yeah. birds. One of them gets killed for the trick, and the other mm-hmm. one is, like, pulled out as a prestige. Yeah, so that's, like, a big reveal to, like, yeah. the twin brother, but also Hugh Jackman's trick, because he kills He kills himself. himself. Yeah. yeah, it's... Oh, I really... Very interesting. The more I talk about it, the more I realize I really enjoy this Me too. Film. I'm like, ooh, this is uh, so many layers. Yeah. What were some of your favorite scenes? Ooh. Honestly, I love the first part when, like, she drowns at the beginning with the knot. That was very intense. I think yeah. it starts, like, I was like, whoa, okay, yeah. and we're here. I like the parts where he's also in Colorado, and he's kind of, like, mm-hmm. figuring everything out. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy that. I love all the parts where they kind of mess up each other's um, performance. Same. Those are Any of, some those of my scenes, favorite scenes. I love it, because you don't really see it coming, mm-hmm. but you're like, oh, I know something's going to go wrong, and then it goes wrong, and you're like, oh, damn. I love that scene where uh, Borden manipulates Angier's double, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it shows up at the last performance and like makes it all about him. Yeah. I thought that was a great scene. That was that was pretty good. I yeah. Where does this stack up with your other favorite Nolan films? I I think it's like in the middle for sure. Okay. Yeah. What about you? I think so too. I think. I mean, it hasn't surpassed Dunkirk for me. It hasn't no, surpassed sure. Dark Knight for me. I think it surpassed Interstellar for me. Definitely surpassed Interstellar. It has surpassed Batman Begins for me. Maybe. Yeah, that's lower on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to, We also need to see Memento. Yeah, we do. But I would eventually... I could see it being like a mid-tier. Mm-hmm. Low, low to mid-tier. Yeah, yeah, low to mid. I think so, too. Yeah. Nice. I still... I recommend it. It's a great distraction from what's for going sure, on in the world. For sure, for sure. Because how often, I mean, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it's a rivalry between two men fighting for their lives to be the dominant figure in the <laughs> magic, and um, there's a lot. Can you imagine Biden and Trump just doing magic tricks? I am. And them absolutely sabotaging each other? Fascinating. <laughs> absolutely groundbreaking. I would love to see him try to pull magic out. Biden was a top hat. Yeah. Oops, sorry. <laughs> Pretending I'm a magician. That's great stuff. Anyways, I don't think nice. I would, I don't think I would make a good magician. I'd be laughing the entire time, like, oh, you think so? I'm gonna figure out this trick. <laughs> Did you ever watch um uh that show on like PBS that was like Magic Secrets Revealed or whatever? I don't think so. I used to watch it all the time. We'd watch it in middle school, even, um, where it'd be like 
this famous magician apparently just like broke all ties with the magic community and just wanted to reveal all the secrets to the tricks. And he did it over like this TV series. It was really interesting. I would honestly go back and watch it. Yeah. Magic is interesting how Mm -hmm. magicians do it. But yeah. All right. That was the prestige. Highly recommend. Totally. Noise. Short break. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What are you reading right now? Um, I am reading. So I finished Ninth House. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. Love it. I talked about the last pod. Absolutely loved it. Um, I can't wait for a sequel. Me too. I want a I'm sequel really so excited. Badly. Again, it, recommended by Sarah. Yeah, amazing stuff, girl. Uh, I think it leads to a really interesting next book. Mm-hmm. I love Darlington. I think they're gonna go to hell. It right? seems the like that's book? their plan. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm. Let's go. Let's let's roll. Sometimes I feel like I'm there already, so yeah. I'm, I'll meet you there. Let's go. Um, and then after Ninth House, I read Cat's Cradle by Kurt Vonnegut mm-hmm. because I'm really leaning into my Indiana roots. Nice. It was a fascinating book. Very short. Very weird. Uh, I love Kurt Vonnegut. I love his satire. Would recommend. I won't go into all the details because it's, I feel like it's not for everyone. (laughs) Uh, And uh, I will say about Kurt Vonnegut is that it is clearly dated. He says some things that I would not be PC in this time. So yeah, if you have time, pick it up. Um, But right now I'm reading On Earth We're Briefly Gorgeous by Ocean Vuong, which I love so far. I have like 50 pages left. It looks like a short book as well. Very short. It's written by, so he's a poet, Ocean Mm -hmm. Vuong. This is his first novel, but this feels like a poet wrote it. Nice. It's uh, There's a lot of parts that are predominantly poetry. Um, I'll read the quick Goodreads. Okay, synopsis. yeah, go for it. Summary. Um, on Earth We're Briefly Gorgeous is a letter from a son to a mother who cannot read. Written when the speaker, Little Dog, is in his late 20s, the letter unearths a family history that began before he was born, a history whose epicenter is rooted in Vietnam and serves as a doorway into parts of his life his mother has never known, all of it leading to an unforgettable revelation. At once a witness to the fraught yet undeniable love between a single mother and her son, it is also a brutally honest exploration of race, class, and masculinity. Asking, asking questions central to our American moment, immersed as we are in addiction, violence, and trauma, but undergirded by passion and tenderness, On Earth We're Briefly Gorgeous is as much about the power of telling one's own story as it is about obliterating the silence of not being heard. Nice. It's very, it's very, I love it. Yeah. It's very, it's very somber, I will say. There's a lot of, like, there's some triggering moments and it is not, like, it makes you feel a little dishopeful mm-hmm. at times, but the way he writes it is so beautiful that I want to keep reading and I want to know more. Good. Okay. Great stuff. Yeah. Very, uh. Do you recommend? Absolutely. It takes place in Connecticut and it deals a lot with immigration because they're from Vietnam. Mm-hmm. A lot about PTSD because they, his mother and grandmother lived through the Vietnam mm-hmm. War. Um, it deals a lot with racism, even in parts we don't recognize. And uh, the overall American experience. It's fascinating. Highly recommend. Very. Yeah. Yes, you'll have to tell us what you think. I will. After you finish it. I will. To complete the circle. For sure. Um, I know you just finished from Blood and Ash, right? Yes. I'm very interested for you to read it and tell me what you think so we can discuss because I have <laughs> you have thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Let me see. Yep. <laughs> yep. I do. I look very Aladdin soon yeah. right now. Um, I'm so sorry. I just watched The Queen's Gambit. On Netflix. On Netflix. Seven episodes. Brand new. 
highly recommend. It is fascinating. It was a recommended it was recommended to me by Aaron Polson, once again, coming in clutch. It is about Beth Harmon. It's a fictional mm-hmm. tale. I thought it was a real story. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's fictional, but it's based on a book. Beth Harmon um is she's this orphan in Kentucky in the 1960s who basically through just like the will of her own becomes like the world-class chess champion mm-hmm. and the series follows her from the age of like nine when her mother passes away to all I think she's like 24 25 maybe and she becomes a world champion in chess yes it's about chess that seems to be a turnoff point mm-hmm. for many but it makes chess sexy like it makes it really mm-hmm. glamorous and serious I really like the way they film it and learning about it they really spent a lot of time and effort to make the game seem real. And they had, like, people on hand to always make sure that they were doing the right moves. I didn't realize how intricate chess was. Yeah, it's very... I'm, I've never played, full it's disclosure. It's very hard. Um, but I want to learn now. Yeah. My dad's obsessed with it, so oh he can teach you. If he can teach can me. Play with him. We'll talk about Queen's Gambit. We'll talk about West Wing. <laughs> while you play chess. Trout Chicago 7, while we play for, chess. For hours. Um, some I of don't the, have enough patience, I think, for chess. It seems like you have to really, like, like and I'm you're like, dedicated. I think we should play wizard chess. I would play the real chess. I would play if my life's in actual danger. Yeah, yeah. I'll play. We'll play wizard chess where Ron gets decapitated. Yeah, I'll play that game. For sure. For sure. Um, I think, so one of the things I loved about the show was Anya Taylor-Joy plays mm-hmm. the main character, Beth Harmon. She could come into the apartment right now, punch me in the face, and I would thank her. <laughs> what What else has she been in? She, has she been in anything else? Yeah, so she... Do you remember Split? The James oh, McAvoy movie? yeah. She was the kidnap bee. Okay. Um, she... And then she was also in the movie Thoroughbreds. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever watched mm-hmm. it. Do you remember uh, Chekhov from new Star Trek movies? Yes. He's in those. Okay, okay, interesting. In Thoroughbred. Um, she's great in that. She's Is she in, American? So, she's a little like you. She's from everywhere. Okay. She okay. was born in America, okay. lived in Argentina for the first 10 years of her life because her family's Argentinian. Interesting. And then moved to London. Okay, nice. Yeah. Nice. So, she's, she's from everywhere mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, she's going to be the new Furiosa in the Mad Max movies. Oh, she's playing young Charlize Theron. Interesting. Which I think is really That'll be cool. cool. That's very cool. All the roles I've seen her in, she plays this really prim and proper. Mm-hmm. Oh, she was in Emma. That's the big movie. Uh, She's in the new Emma movie, yes. which I adore. I love that movie. For you sure. might like it. You sure. might like it. Sure. Um, but I'm a huge Jane Austen fan, so I loved it. Yes. So she plays Emma, but she's going from Emma and Beth Harmon to Furiosa. Mm-hmm. More my vibe. She's coming to my side Well, though. she was in the new Mutants. Yes, yeah, I haven't seen yet because the reviews were um, abysmal. Yep, they were not good. <laughs> um, with Maisie Williams, you know, just hey, and yeah. Charlie Heaton. Charlie Heaton, what a cast that just uh, n- they didn't get their shot. Yeah, okay. But Boop, turn um, the page on that. <laughs> but she's amazing in this, and she is the driving part. It's it's clearly a mini series because it focuses on one person. Mm-hmm. It doesn't show a lot of subplot. It doesn't show a lot of extra side characters. Yes, there's a lot of great. People that come in and out, but she's the one driving force the whole time. And she's stunning. She looks good in every scene. Nice. This takes place in the 1960s, and the style is impeccable. Like, she's got this nice red hair. We love she, that. We love it. <laughs> she's got, 
I think one of my favorite things about it is that she never treats her femininity nice. to belong in the world of chess. She's pretty much the only female in yeah, these chess games. especially during that time. Yeah, but she always looks amazing. She has this beautiful makeup. She loves fashion. She grew up in this really difficult, hard life, mm-hmm. but so she, now she chooses to spoil herself, which I kind of think is a beautiful thing because she worked hard, mm-hmm. so she wants to, like, play hard in a sense. And even though she's in male-dominated field, she never traits being a woman. Mm-hmm. She is a woman playing chess. She's a chess player. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean she has to look like a dude to do it. For sure. And she's so smart. Which is really important. Yeah. Do you identify with her in any ways? Is she easy to identify with? Or is she just, like, so different and, like, you know, above? If that makes sense. I know. I totally know what you mean. She comes off a little assholey mm-hmm. at times. I mean, she had this really horrible childhood. But she's pretty rude mm-hmm. and mean from the beginning. But, like, it kind of makes sense as a child. Mm-hmm. But then she has no social skills for, like, the first part of her teen's life. And so you don't really connect with her mm-hmm. necessarily. You're still kind of rooting for her because she's the main character, but it's kind of like, oh, I don't know if i talk to that dude like that. Like, that was kind of bitchy, Beth. Yeah. And even though she was, like, 14, you're like, oh, she's being really rude right now. Yeah. Um, but, again, Anya Taylor-Joy sells it. She does a really good job. Amazing. It's a competition, but it's also not a competition. It's, not. it's a fun time. Feel free to guess along, like listen yeah. to the song and see if you can guess those right. Yeah. So yeah, so it'll be soundtracks um, or movies from a movie, uh, movies from a movie, songs from a movie that we <laughs> both know. The um, scores, like the scores. Yeah, we're not gonna movie. do like my heart will go on or anything. No. That's too easy. It's too easy. So, um, Titanic, right? Yes. <laughs> nice, 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 nice. Um, TV show or movie. Mm-hmm. So, Eleanor will go first. Yeah, we're going to do And I'll try to guess this one. Um, I'm going to... Uh, what am I going to do first? Um, I'm going to try in what I think is a, a good one. Like, in, you'll, you'll get it. Okay, I'm so stressed. Also, okay. I wonder if we're going to get any of the same ones. I know. It's very possible because we watch all the same stuff. Yeah. For the most part. Okay, ready? Is this a movie or a TV show? I'm not going to tell you. Okay, great. You just got to go for it. You got this. You got this. Okay. It's, it's going to pick up in a second. I need to listen to this. Yeah. Also, they need to hear it. Yeah. This is Star Wars. Marvel? Nope. I know this. You do. You really do. Is it Jurassic Park? No. You're in the same time. You're in the right time zone. Like, era. For 19... Like... Uh, think... Where, when did Jurassic Park come out? 1980s? Okay, think in the 80s. Back to the Future? Yes! Yay! I was like, I listened to this. I watched it recently. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Good one, good one. Okay, I'm glad you got, I'm glad I got it. I got it. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, I've listened to this. My sister will hate me because she will probably found this in like two seconds. Also, my dad will as well. It's all good. It's all good. They're, it's harder once you're just no basis. Yeah, you're, you're like, because they all sound very similar. Because I was like, 
I can also hear this in Star Wars sometimes, yeah. like just the build up. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready for mine? Yes, I'm nervous. Okay. Yeah. It's recent. Mm-hmm. It's... Is it a Nolan film? No. Shoot. Does it feel familiar at all? It does, but I'm really struggling. Is this a Marvel film? Which season? It is. It's Razor Castamere. No, it's no. not. Is this? Oh my God! This is Winds of Winter. Mm-mm. What? This is the opening or the closing season six finale. Mm-mm. Shoot! What episode of Game of Thrones? What season? At least. It's not season six. Is it season eight? Season seven. Yeah. Or season six. Which one was the last season? Season eight. Then I think it's season six. Is it what episode? It's the last one. But the winds of winter. That's what I said. Yeah. But the song is Light of the Seven. Oh. Do you remember when this song is played? Yeah, it's played when uh, Cersei blows up the yes. Sept of Baelor. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's when the episode is titled Winds of Winter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because there's also a song Winds of Winter. Gotcha. So I was like, this is Light of the Seven. Okay. I didn't know the name of the song, but yeah. yeah it yeah. took me a bit because I was like, I kept seeing Winds of Winter. Like, I was like, that's not the song I want to play. I was play. like, I know it has to be when she's blowing up the Seven yeah, Baylor. I love yeah. that song. It's just so iconic. It's to so me. good. Yeah. But I couldn't remember if like, Game of Thrones has nine or eight seasons in my eight. brain because I blacked out the last one. I was like, did we stop? Where did we stop? Yeah. No, you're good. You're good. Um, you ready? Yeah. I'm nervous. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> is this Inception? Yeah. Is this Dream is Collapsing? No. What is it? I, I have the you, same you, song. You got it right. It's Time by Hans Zimmer. <laughs> <laughs> but that's amazing that yeah. you got that that quickly. It's, yeah. yeah, play it. Okay, okay, this one. Yes, time, time. Yeah. Nice. Nice okay. job. Nice job. <laughs> well done. So I'm just going to play my next one. Ready? Mm-hmm. Oh, don't look at me. Is this dreams collapsing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I almost did time, but I was like, no. I'm I'm not surprised. This is great. Yeah. I used to study to the soundtrack a lot. That was Dream is Collapsing, so we both picked... We both picked Inception. I mean, Hans Zimmer is amazing. Yeah, we had to. Um, okay. I'm gonna do what I think might be a tricky one. Oh, God. But I'm, I believe in you. Okay. Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. I know this. You do. Fuck! You do. You got this. You got the this. The crown! Yeah! Yes! <gasps> amazing job! Another Hans Zimmer coming in clutch. So good. We're so excited for the next season. I'm so pumped. Yeah. This is so emotional, I feel yeah. like, this soundtrack. 
I totally agree. Nice. Wow, you got that really quickly. That was a good one. Okay, are you ready for my next one? Yeah. that little like you hear that little note that comes back all the yeah, time in the song. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the adventure begins. The adventure begins. Oh, I whole word sure. Would have never gotten that. <laughs> um okay. Are you ready? Yeah. I'm on this is my fourth? I think so. Yeah. Okay. We can do six. Honestly. <laughs> I feel like I can see what's happening in I my know life. That- that's what keeps happening to me, yeah. I feel sad listening to this. <laughs> Fuck, I can't tell. Is, is it Marvel? No. It's not for Marvel, no. no. I know this. I know. Ah! I want to cry. <laughs> Uh, is it a TV show? Mm-hmm. Is it a standalone movie? No. It's a finale. Yeah, it's a finale. Oh, it's Harry Potter! Yeah, do you know which, I, from which movie? Destiny Hollows Part 2. Yeah. When he's about to go through the forest. Kinda. Or after. This is... Do you want me to tell you? Yeah. This is the statues when McGonagall calls the statues. Oh, yes, when they're getting ready to fight. It's my favorite song uh, yes, from yes, Deathly yes, Hallows. Yes, yeah. I was like, I, can't, I feel sad during this. Yeah. This, this it's song's about to get emotional. Yeah, it's okay. that great scene where she finally yeah. gets to like, get the statues and is like, protect our school. I'm, Whatever. I'm glad I still got it. You I got was it, like, yeah. Oh, I feel sadness. I know. What could it be? <laughs> Um, who did this song again? Is that's it? Alexander Desplat. Okay. Um, John Williams did the original theme, but yes. they had different composers for the movies. Nice. All right. Are you ready for this next one? Let's do it. Okay. This is an actual song. Okay. You're just gonna have to guess from what it is. Cool. Oh, it's from Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first I love you. I really want to play this song. <laughs> is this the first I love you, or is this Boys and Girls? Oh. Oh. This is good. Only get better by Ho- Howard Johns. Ah, I had a Stranger Things song on my list, but I won't do it now. <laughs> okay, your turn. Um, okay, I gotta pick from which one I'm gonna do. Dun, dun, dun. This is what I was jamming to. I was gonna do this song from Stranger Things, but I was like, this is too easy. I, I had one of those actual songs, yeah. but I felt like that would, again, it's so iconic. 
that you can get it in a minute. Okay. You ready? Yeah. I feel like this would be obvious. <laughs> This lanking? Like Panther? Yes. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. okay. I like, had to do a Ludwig Orson yeah. one. It's I almost did one from Black Pan Panther. This is when they're coming through on the yes. Quinjet into Wakanda for the first time. I almost did one, but mine was really easy from mm. Black Panther. I was like, skip, skip, skip. These are too easy. <laughs> but this one's a good one. I, love, I love that one. I was like, it's either Lion King or Black Panther. I have a Lion King one. I don't think... Oh, I clearly won't do it. <laughs> Ready? Yeah. I don't know which one to do. I'll do this one, and I'll do my other one after. Okay. Star Wars. No. <gasps> It's because it's John Williams. Yeah, it is John Williams. Oh. I need to hear it when the melody comes in. Is it Jurassic Park? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Da -da 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 -da. Can't believe I just assumed John Williams. I was like... I was like, ooh! I cause Jurassic Park was on my list too. Nice. I'm glad we have some. Um, do we want to keep going? Yeah, you can do another one. Okay. All right, you ready? Yeah. I didn't realize this might be tricky. Is this another Harry Potter? Oh, I know this. Is this Mission Impossible? Fuck, what is this? Is this Star Wars? No, you're getting closer. I know this. Yeah. Is it Marvel? No. Fuck, what is this? Is this another Jurassic Park? No. Fuck. I know this. You do. This you is killing me. me. Is it a movie? It's a movie. It's a movie. Uh, everyone's gonna kill me for this. No, it's all good. It's a little obscure. No, no it's not, but it's... We already did Back to the Future, Jurassic Park, Star mm. Wars. It's all connected. Oh! Indiana Jones? Fuck. I'm just gonna keep playing it. Uh. It's something we've watched together recently. Star Trek! Yeah! Star Trek! Damn! Star Trek Into Darkness. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. The movies are recent. Yeah. But it's close to... It's in the same bam. vein. It's just yeah. so similar to everything. I know. And then it's that last part that I was like, oh, this is Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was a good one. I didn't do the original, like, ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good one. I like that one.
Ready? Mm -hmm. I know it's very close. Well, not really. It's gotta be from something 80s or 80s like. Is this more Ragnarok? Yeah. Yeah. It feels very 80s, but then you feel I, I hear like Marvel music. Same. Same, because it's it, mixed. It's, it's literally, literally Thor Ragnarok. That one's really good. They have another, yeah. Sakaar is another mm -hmm. one for the soundtrack that's really good. I was like, what's one that I can do from Thor? Yeah. You won't guess. It was very good. Nice. I love this game. Okay. Do you have more, or did you, or I have, good? I have a really easy one, if you want. Sure, let's do it. Just to play it. I'm not even gonna say, I'm gonna let the audience <laughs> sit. Cause I. This song is so good. Do you remember seeing it in Disney? With the yeah. fireworks show? Yeah. yeah. I wanna like run. I wanna fight. Yeah. With a sword. With a sword. It'd be dirty as hell. Wait, which place? Is this the main thing? Or is this, um, Jack Sparrow? I don't know which one of this is. I know, it's Price of the Caribbean. Yeah, but not the first one. It's, um, uh... Is it Dead Man's Tales and Tales? Hmm? Is it Dead Man's Tales and Tales? Or is no. it at, the, at World's End? At World's End. Okay. Do you want to see? Yeah. Up is down. That one kept popping up. That would have been good. Nice. That would have been real good. These are some quality. That was fun. A quick update in the world of politics. Again, you'll be listening to this probably when things are actually happening. Um, but Biden is really doing well in uh, Pennsylvania and Georgia. The margin is so like microscopically small. Yeah. That it's insane. Like. Donald Trump is 0.8 ahead in Pennsylvania, and he is 0.2 away in Georgia. Oh, my God. And the gap is getting smaller. It's insane. It's That's insane. insane. <sighs> so, um, everyone, have a great and lovely life. Yes. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Hope you're doing okay. Hopefully we'll know one more once this podcast yeah. is out. I'm really hoping this was a great distraction and... Uh, What's a going really on right now? For you yeah. All. all yeah. right. It was for me. Talk to you all soon. Talk to you later. Bye. Mm -hmm. Ciao. Mm -hmm.